Good day, and welcome to Far Reaches Extra, or FRX as we call it. FRX is a chance for the gang to reach a little deeper with a one-on-one -on -one interview and discover people and topics that make this world worth living in. We hope you enjoy this random journey and feel free to send in your suggestions or even call us out to be on the next episode of Far Reaches Extra. Hey, how your mom and them? We're going to do how your mom and them because this is Far Reaches Extra, FRX as we call it. And this one, my friends, this one is long overdue and one I've been looking forward to since day one, since even before we had sponsorship conversations. Today we have the illustrious Mr. Bo Boston of B&K. Uh, I've had the pleasure of knowing Bo for quite a few years and, and, he, and he still talks to me, so I think we're we're good there. Um, we met quite a while ago in, in the great city of Pendleton and have been friends ever since. So, uh, Bo, thank you so much. Welcome to Far Reaches Extra, my good sir. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for bringing me on. You're uh, you're ballsy. <laughs> so are you? I think that's what uh, we both. Did you lose me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just a little. I think there was a slight delay. We'll work through that. Yeah, God knows we've never had technical difficulties on far reaches before. So, yeah, I, this will be a first time for us. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, man. Well, as those of you who have watched before, you know, far reaches extra is kind of when we go uh, usually just one of the reachers and we go a little one on one with someone uh, who we want to get to know a lot more about and and maybe someday talk him in and coming on with the full crew. You know, we've had, we've had Randy Brocker from uh, Roundup Board. Uh, Joel just did J.D. Kendall a while ago, Eastern Oregon musician. Uh, that was great. We've done a lot of different people. And, and uh, so, you know, Bo is, is uh, kind of the key role at, uh, at B&K, one of our main sponsors. And, and like I said at the very beginning, like we would be having Bo on, even if he wasn't a sponsor, just for all the moving and the shaking this guy's always doing, you know, um, Bo, to tell a story, like when I first met you, you were driving the Suburban around, around Roundup, man. Like that's, that's my first memories. Um, you know, and I was like, that's yeah. a surprising young man right there. That was, uh, uh, this guy's got it going on. That was for, I think that was for Stony LaRue, if I'm correct. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. The wheat yeah. stock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just like rocking it. So, um, so great. And a lot of the fans, like we, we just did a, we had a, a podcast uh, just last night released this morning and it started out with just Joel and I and Joel being Joel, he's like, dude, uh, I usually don't listen a lot when you're talking. And I'm like, that's probably smart. Uh, but he goes, I want to know more about this B and K. Can you tell me about B and K? And I'm like, so I'm like, yeah. So we kind of wandered through several scenarios, but I think it's even better since we have you here now. If you want to give us a little kind of history of BNK and maybe some of your role, and we're just going to deep dive a little bit more into what all you guys do and, and where you're at and, and why the hell you wanted to be associated with the Far Reaches podcast. So uh, I'm going to kick it to you a little bit cool. and kind of just uh, dribble the line along. Awesome. Well, BNK has been around oh, 40, 50 years now. Um, the back history on it, I'm not the best at because I, I really haven't been around long enough to, to know it all, but uh, the Goss family actually owned the auto salvage really uh, for, for quite a while. Yeah. And uh, Milo Goss, 
I got the pleasure of working with him when I first started back in uh, 2012. He was he was still around slinging parts from the from the counter there. And uh, he had sold the business to to Jake Hansen. Um, the Hansen family had purchased it. Jake had been an employee for him for quite a while and decided it was his time to, to make a run at it and see if he could, could better himself with it and did a really good job with that. And then in, uh, in 2012, uh, the opportunity opened up to add a, a scrapyard to the facility. Mm-hmm. So now from being just a, uh, an auto salvage we now become a, an auto salvage and scrap metal recycling facility. Um, they go hand in hand really well. And that was kind of the reason for it. Um, and it was a good way for the Hanson family to, to diversify their, their business at that point and um, kind of step out of a, a single lane of traffic and, and open her up to two lanes to, to see where it would take them. So yeah, that's kind of so kind of closely related. Like you said, I think it's a good pivot to, to kind of bring those both together, uh, but certainly probably a, a much different business uh, also. It is. It is. And that's that's where I got my opportunity. A um, little back history, I guess, on myself in the scrap industry. Um, I used the scrap metal industry to kind of more or less pay for my uh, extra fuel through high school and uh, chasing the women around P-Town, you know, and then as college came around and I was going to Tumbleweed Tech there on the hill in Pendleton at Blue Mountain, um, same thing. You need that extra fuel money, uh, needed some money to pay the bills for for schooling. uh, And it just, it fit. The market was really strong then. Uh, to be honest, it was easy to be a, a scrap metal recycler back uh, in 2010 to 2012 when I was in school there at Blue Mountain, just because uh, the prices were so high. You really, you really couldn't go wrong. Um, and I w- was offered the opportunity to to roll in and and uh, kind of help s- start and build that recycling side. Uh, and part of that was through a partnership with United Metals that B&K had made at that point in time in 2012. And my grandpa had been hauling scrap to United Metals for over 40 years at that point in time. And so I kind of leaned on my grandpa and drug along his coattails and ended up in the right office with the right guy and, you know, got the opportunity, whereas most folks probably would have got overlooked. So. Yeah, I mean, anyway. if you got that network, that's the smart thing to do, you know, so um, you got to yeah. take every advantage you can find. And, and if you're willing to put that work in and go get it done, then, you know, more power to you. Heck yeah. So, yeah. And then uh, from 2012 to now, man, uh, it's been crazy. We, we started with a, a three-man crew and... The auto salvage has always had about a four to four to seven man crew to, to make the auto salvage function mm-hmm. between pulling the parts for customers, inventorying those parts, and then actually having your salesman selling those parts uh, and dealing with the delivery side of things. So right. we brought on another three, three, four guys for the, for the scrap side. And just every year it's been a growth process, um, knocking down doors, asking people, you know, Hey, 
can we help you? Can we, uh, how can we better service you? We're more or less a, a glorified trash service. I, I, I come pick up your trash and I pay you some money for you, it. Like, yeah. how does it get any better it's than that? sanitation services. Like I take it and I pay you. Like, how can you lose, you know? So yeah, that's, I imagine a lot of people were just like, oh, I didn't even know that was around here. Or, you know, what was, was there a surprisingly, like a hurdle that surprised you or either way, like, or, or was it overly easy in some places? You're just like, oh, wow, I can't already keep up. Well, there was an existing business in Legrand at the point in time when we went into business, um, and they were they were treading lightly um, with with bankruptcy at that point in time, and so it was it was good timing by us, uh, more or less maybe the needle the needle in the side that kind of helped finish it off. Um, but uh, once once they were they were gone. Then at that point, we were really the only recycling facility in Union, Wallowa County, um, that was operating. So at that point, it does become easier due to the lack of competition. But when you're the only, you're the only show in town, you uh, you got to take care of everybody. And yeah. small I, towns. Yes. They talk. You know yeah. that. <laughs> I was just talking yesterday, like bad news travels 10 times faster and a hundred times further than good news. So, you know, and then, yeah, like you can't, you, you got to take almost every job and, and you have to think too, somebody's looking around like, Hey, that guy's gotten a fat hog. Maybe I should do that too. So you got to keep everybody uptight and spinning plates and, and, you know, earning that business basically every day. I think almost when you're the only person in town, you, you got to kick it up a notch. I think. Yeah. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, there was the fun part was is 2012 to 2014 was decent, and then in 15, um, we really saw more or less the commodities start to crash out. Um, prices fell to some pretty good lows. Um, so, was it the best time to be in business for that? Uh, I don't know, but I guess that was the benefit of being diversified. Mm -hmm. uh, what 15 did offer for us though, uh, the Baker facility, I kind of had my eyes on it mm -hmm. and it was ran by uh, a gentleman and he had a small crew. Um, and they, they had that yard in Baker city and I was looking for some growth for the company and it was kind of a pivotal point for me. Uh, it was either it's time to get a little bigger or I wanted to go find a different industry that was going to offer me something larger. And I think probably in that time period, I think I interviewed with you for CHS. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I remember we, uh, so, we had lots of families, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And <laughs> I think I remember you're like, we both kind of came to the conclusion, like you would kick ass at that job but you wouldn't be happy at that job. I think, um, yeah, I, I probably couldn't pay you enough to go do that job. So yeah, it was, um, it was an honor to just, just get a chance to learn more about, you know, and have that interview. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we ended up making an offer on that facility in Baker city and, um, kind of went back and forth for a while and, uh, we end up closing on that thing January 2nd of 2016. 
Oh, wow. So, um, you know, for, for starting a facility pretty fresh as far as the recycling side's concerned in LaGrande in 2012, mm-hmm. you know, in four years to have pretty well locked that market down, um, established a good customer base, and then been prepared to, to make the investment in another facility was, was a pretty big deal for us. Uh, being a, you know, more or less, a, we're just really a small business. Um, yeah, and absolutely. And so we got the yard and it's, it's basically out of nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and keep in mind, for those of you that don't know, I have a two-year degree in livestock production with an emphasis in cattle. So <laughs> the whole finances marketing economics i had a small just a small smidge understanding of what all it takes um but everything just kind of fell into place and and i had the right team you know with me and and, Mm -hmm. uh the guys that have got 10 15 years uh, worth of age and, and knowledge on top of me to help you know guide those decisions and and direct this this None of this took place just by me, by me doing it by any means. Uh, definitely a really skilled, uh, methodically thought out process with, with a great group of men and women to make it happen. So six and the market drops to the worst it's ever been. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like a rain dance. Timing is everything. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So we ran a skeleton crew for almost a year. I had uh, two guys plus myself and we slowly chiseled out, you know, we had what was the existing customer base from uh, the business purchase, but then it was uh, about growing that, expanding that to something that was going to be feasible and, and, you know, have the longevity that we're looking for uh, being, you know, more or less being sustainable. Um, as a staple in Baker County and we got our asses handed to us for a couple of years back to back to back. <laughs> like sometimes you're like, just because I can, does it always mean I should? I'm yeah. You know, that's some, some soul searching. I'm sure. I, yeah, I really thought twice about the decision I had made a few times, uh, you know, question the guys that had helped push it through and going, was that the right move? And they just, you know, they, those guys been around, been around the block a few times and uh, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Uh, so we shoved on through and, you know, the last year, year and a half, the markets have kind of turned back around and are, are getting back to where they, where they need to be uh, for us to, to really be sustainable and, and grow as a company um, and be able to, to really support your community in a positive fashion rather than just being a stick in the mud, trying to, trying to make it work. So, yeah, I think, but yeah. you got to think about all the, all the lessons that were learned in tough times, you know, if you can get through those and still have a business when you come out the other side, you're all the much more better when it, when it turns a little sunnier, you know, and it's, it, that's always easy to say on the other side of it, but those are, those are the tough lessons you take with and, and, you know, in 10 years from now, when you go through another cycle like that, you're like, yeah, remember 16 kick to the ass, you know, here's what we got to do and here's how we approach it. And so I think in essence, maybe that was some of the best timing, even though it sounds weird to say. 
Yeah, no, agreed. hundred percent. You're, uh, you're right on the ball with that. Um, there was a lot of late nights. Uh, there was a lot of, I think it goes a lot scrapping. I guess why it works so well for me is it's a lot like cattle ranching and it's a bit like farming. Um, you know, you're, you could be up at all hours of the night. You've got a shipping date that product is due. Mm-hmm. Um, from the cash flow standpoint, I mean, you might sit on product for a couple months and then again, you may have to sell it as fast as you get it just to try to keep the lights on. Uh, some days there's a link asking for a little more. So, yeah, I think that, I think that's part of why it was such a good fit. Uh, we, yeah. We've been able to make it work. So you're not punching the clock. You're getting things done when they have to be, I think to a large degree, you know, the harder you do work and the better job you do, the, the better the results. And I think that's something that your mindset really attracts to well. Um, of just like that, that direct feedback of kicking ass, I think. Yeah. Which yeah. Is- so we're at like 20, 20, 28 guys now, 26, 26 people between oh, wow. the two facilities. So uh, I'd like to think we're a pretty good staple in Eastern Oregon at this point and um, kind of looking towards maybe, you know, venturing towards that Pendleton or Hermiston area uh, one of these days and maybe trying to bite off another section in Eastern Oregon. I'd, I'd love to take it all the way out to Boardman if I could. Uh, oh, and, sure. and just kind of wrap, wrap her up. Yeah, that's a good question. Kind of what do you consider kind of the home area, I guess, now or your serviceable area? And maybe where do you see going in the next five or 10 years if you don't want to pull back the sleeves a little bit and give some give some insight? Well, so right now I'm based out of Fruitland, Idaho. Um, our sister camp more or less is a regional buyer these days. And uh, so I'm going out, knocking on people's front doors, uh, going into businesses, sitting down with them, um, trying to figure out what the best way is to clean their product up and, and how to move it, put some money in their pocket, and obviously make us some money in the process. So Fruitland has been my, my center ground because the Grand being our, our farthest west facility and uh, then Hayburn, Idaho being our farthest east property. Um, Fruitland's given me the opportunity to be able to make it to most of our facilities in a, in a, in a one day drive mm-hmm. there and back fairly comfortably. So, and I think if we went a Hermiston route, I might try to get a little closer back into Oregon, but I tell you what, I really like Idaho. Yeah. So <laughs> it might be a hard sell. The, the People's Republic of Oregon. Yeah. So. <laughs> It's beautiful yeah. country. Queen though, Kate leaves. I might think about it again. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, that, that says a lot. It kind of depends on where it leads you. Um, yeah. It, it's, uh, I got to ask you a little bit too about, uh, your, uh, I'm not sure how to describe it, but your, your daily updates or weekly updates about scrap confidential. Tell me a little bit about how that came to be and, um, what's your favorite part about that is. Cause I really like them. Well, we have a, we have a monthly 
marketing meeting where we sit down and there's a group of guys, uh, Brett Eckert, Nick Snyder, uh, Brett Buxton, and Jay Milligan, and uh, Tom Neal from time to time. And, and we sit down and just do what you guys do during the Far Reaches podcast. Just shoot the shit. Yeah. Um, but the point of it is, is to talk about different customers, talk about different scenarios that have taken place and the outcomes of those and how we can better, you know, better manage those options or those issues that take place and how to prevent them in the future. And then we look at, you know, our different marketing schemes as that, you know, what's the best way to get the word out that, you know, we're recycling this product. How do we, you know, explain to people that it's green and that, you know, it's good for the environment because there's scrapping has a, has a rough past. Um, There's a lot of people that attach us to, the thievery and theft. Um, a lot of people just see oil hitting the ground and gas hitting the ground and rubber tires, you know, stacked to the moon. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's what you used to see in your little cartoon books. You know, there'd be a pile of tires next to the, oh, yeah. to the yeah, big crane. That was, you know, too. It was always called the junkyard, you know? Yeah. So we're trying, we're always working, we're always scheming on ways to, to try to present our, our business in a cleaner fashion and really be transparent with the customer, with the, you know, with the general public as to the true, true meaning of what we're doing. Um, and so Facebook, it's free. Yeah. And there's a lot of people out there and I don't know how many watch, you know, you see the views and the clicks and the likes and so on and so forth. And um, but my goal is if I could get in front of, in front of a, a larger audience, um, a couple times a week, if not, you know, I try for about five days a week mm-hmm. during your standard weekday, I try to get in front of a larger audience, just tell them what's going on, um, show them how far we're willing to go, the kind of conditions we're willing to travel and function in. Um, and then the processes that it takes to actually get that product from point A to point B and then to point C. Um, Cause some people are like, Hey, come get this. Well, it takes a little more than just a phone call and I wave my magic wand and your scrap yeah. is gone. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah. It might take some of the fun out of it, but um, yeah, I think it's great because it kind of gives insight into every day about what's going on in your world i think people like that and i know i do it's just like oh that's cool we're bow out today and you, you know i'm making this loop up through here and going down here and here's some other stuff that we do so i think it's smart i think it's cool i think people dig it so uh, i was it was fun to stumble across that i mean like what's this maniac doing now and i was like oh sweet it's a nice little quick update you know you don't it's not like we uh we have to put up with you driving all day long it's like you know it's a few minutes long just a quick update a howdy get in front of folks and, and, uh, kind of rattle their cage. And, you know, and, and like, I think it was Bradbury one day. He's like, Hey, I need, uh, I need Bo's number, dude. I got some stuff I got to talk to him about. I'm like, oh, here you go, man. You know? So, um, I guess I'll just tell you it works. Yeah. So if you can catch Richard's attention, yeah, that's pretty impressive. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing how much feedback we get. You know, I, uh, get a lot of phone calls. People, I didn't know you guys handled that type of a product. And like, yeah, you know, or we didn't realize that you guys offered that kind of a service. Um, And then there's a lot of people that just didn't even realize that there was a value attached to that product. 
people yeah. get so used they get used to uh, in this throwaway society we live in they get used to having to pay to dispose of that product when they're when they're tired of it and they're done with it um and i guess that's where the fun comes in for me um with the scrap industry is you know you bring that product in the door and i get a hand you money i mean like talk about somebody with a shopaholic problem it's me i there's nothing better than sitting at a desk and handing out ten thousand dollars throughout the day to random people getting yeah exactly so anyway yeah yeah. Can you delve a bit too? And we talk about the recycling part. Can you talk a bit about how that works? Kind of what materials you might do if it's like a if you set up a bin somewhere and come by every once in a while, or is it on a per call basis or, or both, maybe? So everything is case by case. Um, there's definitely different tools for different needs. Um, so We just tell people, you know, call somebody like myself or one of our other buyers. Uh, we'll go out and take a look at the product mm -hmm. if we're unsure of how we're going to tackle it. But yeah, for a lot of, you know, a lot of commercial customers and even residential, uh, we have different size containers that we drop off. Um, they fill them up with, with products. Some customers produce multiple varieties of product. Um, and based on what those are and the quantity that they produce, we'll provide, you know, specific bins for that product. Uh, and then they call, we go out, we pick them up um, and then bring it back in. We, we normally exchange them with another container so they mm -hmm. can continue on with, with their process. And then uh, when it gets back to the yard, the crew breaks that product down uh, based on its category. It's uh, ferrous or non-ferrous products, meaning ferrous if it's magnetic and non-ferrous meaning non-magnetic um so we'll sort through it uh and then based on those grades of product uh and what it was required to go get them and bring them back uh then a, then a price or a value is attached to that product and then we either send a check or the customer comes in and collects cash mm -hmm. so it's pretty, it's a pretty straightforward process we try to keep it simple Perfect. So, yeah. So that's basically the main bifurcation. Yeah. Well, it's basically ferrous versus non, and then there's some subcategories, but that's kind of the main when somebody's talking, what they might be concerned about. Yeah. So most customers call in on ferrous product, meaning your tenant appliances, which would be your washer, your dryer, your microwave, your old lamp that stands in the corner that has a, a metal shaft on it. Um, mm -hmm. that's all product we bring in we tell a lot of people if it has a cord hanging from it and it was a household item bring it in we'll cut the copper cord off of it recycle the rest yeah so on the non-fair side you've got your coppers your brass your aluminum um and people you know i say that you know you maybe wonder well, what's that mean so you've got copper tubing that would be like your plumbing in your house yeah um air conditioning systems you know provide uh, copper tubing in them. They also have an aluminum copper radiator system. Um, they also have that that coil or compressor that the oil's in. Um, and so there's, it's amazing. You get a product in, and all of a sudden, I can take one piece of product, or the team will take one piece of a product, and and I can show you forty different categories that that thing is going to get broke down into mm -hmm. um, before it's sent back off to its to the final refinery system. So. 
that's pretty cool when you were describing yeah. all that, I hadn't thought about it really but yeah like if, let's say like a, a motor for example and you got the kinks and you got the windings you got everything and it's just sort of like instantly almost just disappears in the tray somewhere and goes to live another life correct correct and we get you know uh i don't know if it's one of your future questions but so we really try hard to, to keep this product domestic when we recycle it. That's one of our key yeah. goals as a company is, is to sell this product in the U.S. So the bulk of our steel that's purchased goes into Cascade Rolling Mill stills, uh, steel mill there in uh, McMinnville, Oregon. Mm. Um, and it's turned into rebar or coil steel and then... Um, part of our trucking company, uh, United Metals, that does the trucking for us, uh, and Oregon Trail Transport at La Grande, um, those guys will actually haul that finished product rebar back down to like the Boise Valley. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of cool where the product is recycled in Oregon or in the Northwest in general. It's recycled there. Um, it's shipped into a Northwest facility where it's refined and then it's shipped right back into the Northwest to be used again. So yeah, it's, it it never ends. when you're ripping down the freeway and you see one of those trucks headed the other way with rebar or something on it, you're like, Hey buddy. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then, uh, you know, a lot of our copper goes into Montana. It's a really cool product because it's 100% recyclable. Um, iron is not 100% recyclable because it creates a slag, mm -hmm. um, which more or less turns into like a, gra a gravel uh, that's not usable. Um, they actually use it, I think they use it for roadways. I know we do a bit, we'll use some of it for roadways, but um, copper is 100% recyclable and it goes so many places. The copper is used for, um, the tinting of your your paints on your walls huh. um they use it you know you're in the you're, you know you're ex-navy they, they they paint the bottom of ships with the stuff because the coral does not attach to it yeah yeah That's so awesome. i mean what was copper wire in an old house or in an old barn uh in a week or two could be being painted on the bottom of a ship in in uh, florida you know and, and uh, the cycle will continue yeah, so. that's a cool thing. I don't think about those things too, but yeah, you like you can melt copper like when you when you melt it all up, you you've got just about the same amount of copper. Um, it just keeps on living. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta ask so. you too, uh, what's the craziest or your favorite thing that you've ever taken in or or had the had a chance to work on in the recycling or the scrapping? Um well, I, I set my personal record, um, which crazy, definitely along the lines. I, I, I hauled in a big old semi truck uh, on a gooseneck trailer. Uh, and this was a long time ago. And I'm going to say not affiliated. Yeah. Uh, but um, as far as like a favorite scrapping story, I hauled in this, this truck and it was a behemoth. Uh, blew three tires before I even got to the pavement. <laughs> I, had a, I had a D6 cat attached to the front of the pickup on the tow hooks, pulling me up a grade because in low four, my tires would just sit there and spin. I couldn't even, I couldn't even move. 
and I rolled in and uh, it was like 30 or no, I wasn't, it's either 38 or like 42,000 pounds with a three quarter ton pickup, 24 foot gooseneck trailer and this dumb young scrapper in the, in the driver's seat thinking, (laughs) oh man, I was making a haul. So, uh, you know, that's probably one of the, one of the things that's up there. Um, we get to see some pretty cool stuff. I've, I've, I've scrapped some old iron, some old equipment that probably make most people cry. Hmm. Um, but the story I keep telling myself is for every one I scrap, the next one's worth that much more. So <laughs> beautiful motto that should be on a coffee mug if it's not. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, that's another yeah. one of my questions, because if I had your job, I would have more shit in my backyard um because i'd be buying most of the stuff for me because i i that horror gene and me is expressed fully so how do you how do you resist that (laughs) well i'm not i'm not without my temptations and i'm not without my faults in that in that category um i've always told myself i have the luxury of having you know large facilities acreage and it's just as cool to look at that product in the scrapyard as it is to look at it in my backyard. Yeah. And I'm at work five, six days a week. So it's probably just better left there. <laughs> surrogate. You know, like uh, I can come look at what I want to. I know it's there. I can pet it if I want and go home, but I don't have to fiddle for it with it. So I think you had the best of both worlds there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've got a few demolition derby cars that we have laying here on the, on the acreage here at the house. And the wife's still feeding me, uh, feeding me dinner and uh, seems to keep washing my clothes. At least they smell good. So I think yeah. I'm on the up and up. It's a good start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like she lets me little victories. I'm pushing the limits. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You can, we've, we've, we've definitely had guys that have have worked with us, worked for us. And, uh, I've watched them borderline trade, trade paychecks at the end of the month, Mm -hmm. uh, for the product they take home. And that's fine. I I mean, to each their own, everybody's got their own little, their little thing. And I would say scrap metal addictions, probably better than a lot of them out there. So, um, we got, you know, we got a lot of guys that'll trade their paycheck and take something home and, and they make more of it. I think you guys kind of hit on that uh, yeah. in your podcast. I only made it through about 20 minutes of it today, but you got better. into uh, taking some old stuff and putting new motors into it and then selling it for more. And, and that's what some of the guys do, you know? I'm sure, so, yeah. it's, uh, it's, but, it's, it's well positioned when something really, really uh, desirable rolls in the door. Probably some severe paper rock scissors <laughs> or Indian leg wrestling or something going on to see who gets first dibs, you know. So <laughs> there have been a few of them, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm picturing like an it's normally who can get a marker. What's that? It's normally it's normally who can get the paint pen faster and get out there and put their name on the side of it. <laughs> it's always beneficial if you're the guy running the scale you get first dibs 
but every once in a while the loader operator will beat you to it when he's unloading it so <laughs> when they're holding that up there 20 feet in the air it's really hard to write your name on it yeah yeah possession is nine tenths of a lot at that point so yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, yep. that's got to make some great christmas parties i'm sure yeah. oh. <laughs> oh, i was so good i mean just a dandy <laughs> oh man um I had great questions you guys you, you've answered most everything i had scratched out as like as far as what people had asked or what joel is wondering or what my mind went to um, I'll give you kind of the last thing to kind of wrap up. If you want to talk about some of your crew a bit more, some of the locations, uh, maybe, um, you know, again, how people can get a hold of you, um, just sort of, the give you the kind of the big last word if you'd like. Cool. Cool. So, uh, the B and K side of the business, the auto salvage and scrap yards in Oregon, uh, Legrand and Baker city, um, as you guys hear on the podcast, uh, we're uh, we're out there on Highway 203 headed for Union, uh, big blue building and uh, a pretty tore down old wooden metal fence uh, with a bunch of cars behind it. Can't miss us. Um, and then we're over on 17th Street in Baker City, um, kind of on the old truck route. Uh, so nice facility. It's got good good signage. Uh, can't miss it either. Both crews are uh, there eight to five, Monday through Friday. We're not open on weekends. And if you can't catch them, but you have a question or you want to look for a part, you can always get on bnkautosalvage.com. Got a great website. Uh, find the tab that interests you, click on it, and it should lead you in the right direction. Uh, and you can always leave a message on on facebook and one of us will get to it and hopefully get back to you um anybody that's over towards the idaho side of things uh, we've got yards in payette idaho caldwell idaho boise idaho mountain home uh twin falls and um so pretty pretty well covered on the i-84 corridor as you cruise through Idaho between Oregon and Utah. Uh, if you need something, we're, we're there to cover you. Uh, and then we also have Treasure Valley Pipe Company, which is our culvert pipe company yeah. that's based out of Caldwell. Um, so if you're in the, in the ditch digging and uh, need some pipe to lay, uh, we got you covered there. So, <laughs> How handy. Um, hey, can oh, you, man, it's, it's real quick. Um, go ahead. You max had dreamed on us real quick. What's the location after Twin Falls? Hayburn. Burley, Idaho. Hayburn, Idaho. Okay, gotcha. Perfect. You kind of had a little glitch so, in the audio right when you said that name, and I was like, I better circle back to that. Somebody's going to throw a rock at me. <laughs> yeah, Treasure Valley Pipe, I've seen some of your, your posts on that, too. There's a couple. Yeah, yeah, Joe, the pipe sales. And then if you're up in, I guess it would be Northeastern Idaho, uh, we have another pipe yard up there in Idaho Falls. And Trent, Trent and the guys up there can uh, can get you taken care of. So, um, 
yeah yeah it's uh we just got stuff coming out our ears we don't know what to do with so <laughs> if you need something call us we can direct you in the right direction so that's a great place to be right there i'll tell you that much yeah <laughs> yeah well hey man i really appreciate you guys giving us the opportunity to uh to sponsor and uh I, I personally love the podcast. I try to preach it where I can, when I can. I'm probably lying half the time, but so are we. hey, you know what? That's part of the deal. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I was talking to a guy about it the other day, and I'm like, you know, I kind of hated on Joel for a long time, but I'm starting to love him. Yeah. So now that I can hear Raleigh, it, it's getting better. And Oh, goodness. Richard's, Richard's coming full swing with his technology. Oh yeah, and that's the great thing about it. like Go everybody's ahead. got such a random uh, background and approach and thoughts and idiosyncrasies. You know, uh, it's it's just quite the eclectic gang. And so that was so cool and so happy when we all got to be on the same page because I would I was like the hub that talked to each of those a holes all the time. And I'm like, we should just do this at the same time and be a lot more entertaining for everybody. Just besides besides me. So yeah, it's it's been fun to uh, yeah to venture. Yeah, it, it, we could kind of compare. I kind of compare our marketing crew to uh, to your guys's little crew. We've we've you know got the little commie bastard in the corner and uh, <laughs> a couple of the uh, over the top reachers, and then uh, that quiet guy that kind of sits back and drops his drops the thunder from time to time. So it's good diversity yeah you're like yeah we got some nice reacher quorum here i think we got some success we're gonna get a lot of demographics so yeah <laughs> yeah definitely definitely no we we couldn't be prouder to uh to be affiliated with you guys it's like the perfect fit for where we are who we are what we do who we're talking to what we're talking about so yeah we were super stoked uh, to get the opportunity to work with you guys and we're so proud of that so Hope we keep earning that from you. And uh, we can't, yeah. Thanks so much for coming on today. It's been way overdue. I'm finally glad we got it, uh, got her in the books and and uh, we can get this logged and, and we'll get this out and, and running pretty quick. But uh, yeah, if you've got any final words before we shut down, uh, I would give those to you, my good sir. Hey, thanks for letting me, uh, th thanks for letting me come on. If you guys need your uh, auto parts, use the auto parts, reach out to the crew there at Legrand, 541-963-6744, and uh, let them know the Reachers sent you, and uh, they'll definitely hook you up with a discount. Same on you uh, scrap folks. Give them the old Reacher, Reacher uh, discount, or actually it'll be the uh, boost, and uh, see what it does yeah. for you. So. Yeah. Get you the bump. Yeah, so uh, yeah. No, outstanding. Um, both, thank you so much for coming on, and we're so proud to be part of you guys, and uh, we can't wait till the next time we get to bring you on. Adios.